0: The last days are the final days when Christ has been crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended back into glory. That began the last days. But you know where I believe we are right now? In the last of the last days.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. Author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God.
0: The place to watch as end-time prophecy unfolds is the Land of Israel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing our series, Israel, God's Time Peace. As Bible prophecy is being fulfilled all around us, it's important to remember that the focus of end-time prophecy is the land of Israel. The Bible predicts that Israel will be the focal point of the entire world as the return of Christ draws near, and we are certainly seeing this happen right before our very eyes. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Jesus, the indisputable prophet. Israel, God's timepiece. How many of you have asked yourself, what in the world is going on in this world? Every day, isn't it something in the news that kind of rocks and rolls you and shakes and rattles you? I mean, isn't it amazing what's going on in our world? And it never stops. Right when I think that we've seen the worst atrocities we're going to see or the Middle East has gotten as bad as it's going to get, then there's something new virtually every day. And we shared last time about Israel being God's timepiece when it comes to prophecy, Bible prophecy, especially end-time prophecy. Israel is God's timepiece. You watch Israel like a hawk, and we're going to see tonight... A little bit more on this, but let's backtrack a little bit and just look at what we uh, saw last time. We saw that Jesus answered three questions put to him by the disciples following his prediction that the glorious temple in Jerusalem was going to be utterly destroyed. This was amazing for them to hear this. It looked absolutely impossible. This temple was one of the wonders of the world. It looked invincible. The last place you would ever have imagined would be brought down with not one stone left on top of another was the temple. But it's what Jesus said. He said, you see all these things? He said, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. It's going to be totally destroyed. So they asked three questions. The first question, tell us, when will these things, the destruction of the temple, be? Now, remember, I said that little phrase, these things matters. Because these things is what he had just talked about. He wasn't talking about way down the tunnel of time into our day. They were not asking about our time. He said, this temple is coming down. They said, when will these things be? Now the second question, what will be the sign of your coming? The Greek word parousia. It's the personal return of Jesus to the earth, the literal return of the person of Jesus Christ to planet earth. He's coming back. So they said, when will the destruction of the temple happen? And while we're at it, what's going to be the sign of your coming? And then the third question, and what's going to be the sign of the end of the age? So three questions. Mark and Luke both record two questions, but Matthew adds the third, what will be the sign of the end of the age? Now, Jesus answered the questions one by one, just like we would, all right? He took them in order, as a matter of fact. And the majority of what we find in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, the same questions are posed to him, and Mark 13, the same thing. That's where uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke simply dealt with this themselves, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. In those chapters, in those books, is Christ's reply to the first question. He wanted them to fully understand what was soon to come upon their generation and their city, Jerusalem. Remember when we looked at Jerusalem and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How many times I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. And he said, you're gonna be destroyed because you did not recognize the hour of your visitation. See, God visited in the person of Christ and they didn't recognize it. So Jesus wept over the city. He wanted them to understand, in answering the first question, what signs they were going to see coming to pass before the temple was destroyed. And we saw that every single sign Jesus predicted happened. It's there in the history books for anybody to go find and read about. We saw that within 40 years of Jesus' prediction for Jerusalem uh, to experience all these things, all of his prophecies came to pass. The city was surrounded by enemies, the Romans. Those who knew of his warnings to flee when you see the city surrounded by an enemy. Flee. We saw that those who knew his word and believed in him fled to the hills. And the Romans breached the walls, breached the gates, and the temple was utterly destroyed. Not one stone was left standing upon another only 40 years after Jesus said it. So everybody say with me, prophet Jesus. See, I've learned that he's more than the Savior, even though the Savior is glorious. Thank God he's our Savior. He's the Messiah, but he's also the greatest teacher that ever lived, the greatest philosopher that ever lived, and the greatest prophet that ever lived, prophet Jesus. He nailed it every time. Now, let me ask you a question. If he was that accurate 40 years down the road, you think the rest of what he predicted about the end times is going to be accurate as well? Not one jot, not one tittle will pass away till all is fulfilled is a great prophet. Now, this destruction of the temple was a remarkable fulfillment of prophecy. Remarkable. Spoken by the greatest prophet of all time, the Lord Jesus Christ. The surviving Jews were scattered to the four corners of the world without a place to call a homeland until 1948, the 20th century. They waited 20th century, 20 centuries to be restored to a homeland. 20 centuries they wandered. When this happened, when they became a nation again in 1948, it was a fulfillment of many Bible prophecies. How many of you realize that that your Bible is about a quarter prophecy? And you know that's one of the great signs and proofs that the Bible is the Word of God? Because only God knows the end from the beginning. Only God knows what will be before it is. Only God knows what the end is going to be before the beginning even begins. So the Bible is about a quarter of prophecy, and Jesus really contributed a lot of prophecy to that. Now, Ezekiel had predicted. Look at what Ezekiel predicted about Israel, the Jewish people returning to their homeland. He said, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into where? Their own land. Let's look at another one. Or this is continuing with Ezekiel. When I have brought them back from the nations and have gathered them from the countries of their enemies, I will show myself holy through them in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God, for though I sent them into exile among the nations, I will gather them, where everyone, to their own land, not leaving any behind. Ezekiel 39. Now here's what the prophet Amos said about The Jewish people being restored to their homeland. He wrote, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring back my exiled people Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel where again? In their own land. Never again to be uprooted from the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Folks, no matter what the hostile nations of the world do, the Jewish people are in Israel to stay. They're there to stay. Now let's look at a couple of others because this is pure prophecy. Centuries, I mean many, many, many centuries. 23, 24 centuries before all this happened. Jeremiah the prophet wrote again. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. says, Write in a book all the words I've spoken to you. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring my people Israel and Judah back from captivity and restore them to the land I gave their forefathers to possess, says the Lord. Who did God give the land to? The Jewish people. Jeremiah 31.10. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd and then one more verse I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity we'll rebuild them as they were before so when Israel became a nation again after 20 centuries of wandering, displacement, persecution, nowhere to lay their head, persecuted in every nation they went to and the worst of the worst happening right before they were restored to their homeland when they went through that horrific holocaust under the nazis matter of fact here's what I've come to understand that Really, it was because of that Holocaust that there was compassion on the Jewish people among the other nations of the world, particularly our nation and our president back then, Harry Truman, that they were granted a homeland. So when they were restored in 1948 and overnight, the nation of Israel was reborn, it was in the minds of many, many scholars, the greatest fulfillment of Bible prophecy in modern times. And I would have to say, I agree with that. The restoration of Israel as a nation again, overnight, when they were declared a nation, 1967, when they took Jerusalem again, was the greatest fulfillment of Bible prophecy in modern times. Because I believe that set in motion the end of the end times. Now, after answering the first question, Jesus moved on to the second and third questions. And here they were again. What will be the sign of your coming And what will be the sign of the end of the age? And Matthew picks up the Lord's answer in Matthew verses 29 through 31, we're still in Matthew 24, verses 29 to 31. Here's what Jesus said, Immediately after the tribulation of those days. What's the tribulation of those days? The destruction of Jerusalem. You with me? Okay. The tribulation he's referring to is the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, many people have stumbled over verses 29 and 30 where Jesus uses the word immediately immediately after the tribulation of those days you're gonna see these signs in the heavens and so on and so forth because he goes on to predict the sun being darkened, the moon not giving light, the stars falling from heaven and right after that the Son of Man returning. So you say, well wait a minute Jeff how can that happen immediately after the destruction of Jerusalem in the temple because it would have already all taken place, right? A long time ago. Because Jesus said immediately. So nod with me if you're with me. Okay? That's thrown a lot of people. First, we need to understand that in verse 29, Jesus is using apocalyptic language, as did many of the prophets of the Old Testament. One commentator writes, The words reproduce the imagery in which Isaiah had described the day of the Lord's judgment upon Babylon and may naturally receive the same symbolic interpretation. Now, notice he refers to Isaiah 13.10. Let's read that verse and tell me if it doesn't sound like what Jesus predicted. Isaiah 13.10 reads, The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Does that not sound exactly like what Jesus said, or at least very, very similar? All right. This is apocalyptic imagery. It's not necessarily to be taken literally, but to express the impact of cataclysmic events that will shake the earth before Christ's return. The example there in Isaiah is only one of many where prophets used apocalyptic imagery to let us know that something really heavy, really cataclysmic was coming. And many believe that's what Jesus was doing. And I happen to believe that. All right? Now, in verse 30, where Jesus uses the word immediately, I turn to another Bible commentator who writes this. Quote, How are we to explain the fact that already more than 20 centuries have rolled away and the promise of his coming still tarries when Jesus said, immediately? It's a partial answer to the question to say that God's measurements of time are not as man's and that with him a thousand years are as one day. See, God doesn't dwell in time. Are you with me? He doesn't say, boy, I'm bored. Time is going slow. Or he doesn't say, I can't believe how fast the years are going by. Because God doesn't dwell in years or months or days or time. He dwells in an eternal present tense. So that Peter was able to say, hey, with the Lord, a thousand years are as one day and one day as a thousand years. You, You may feel like it's been a long time since Jesus went back into heaven. And now we're 21 centuries past his resurrection and ascension back into glory. Why is it taking so long? But to God, a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years. The word immediately, therefore, merely signifies a time break between what Jesus just predicted, the signs leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, and then way down the tunnel of time to our day, to the cataclysmic events that would take place leading up to his visible, literal return to earth. It's just that simple. Now, again, let's notice that most everything he says revolves around Israel. If you want to know what's happening in the prophetic arena, you need to keep your eye peeled on Israel. And believe me, there's a lot to follow every single day. Now, as we noted last time, the prophets all pointed to the relevance that Israel will hold throughout history, but especially in the last days. And I believe, folks, that we're in the last of the last days. Let me tell you something about the last days. When that phrase, the last days, didn't kick in in the 20th century. The last days refers to the time following Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection all the way up to now. That's the last days. The last days are the final days when Christ has been crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended back into glory. That began the last days. Are you aware of that? The last days is something tossed around a whole lot in our time. But we've been in the last days for 21 centuries. But you know where I believe we are right now? In the last of the last days. Well, you guys are thinking tonight. <laughs> I can feel it. Well, Pastor Jeff, I, I was always told we were the last days. No, the last days began when Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. And I could prove that to you if I had more time. But many of the times that the apostles used the phrase the last days well they were talking about their time as well as ours they knew they were in the last days didn't the writer of hebrews say in these last days he has spoken to us through his son didn't he say that in these last days well he was in the first century but he said in these last days God has spoken to us through his son so all this time has been the last days but I believe when Israel became a nation again as we're gonna see tonight because Ezekiel is going to use the phrase last days as well. When Israel became a nation again, we went into, I believe the last of the last days, hourglass was turned upside down. Let's move on. Zechariah 12, verses 2 and 3. Talking about the last days, Zechariah predicts, I will make Jerusalem and Judah like a cup of poison to all the nearby nations that send their armies to surround Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be a heavy stone burdening the world. Is that not amazing? Doesn't that just give you holy ghost bumps? Because even today, right now as I speak, is Israel not burdening the world? Hello, everybody. Israel is burdening the world. It's all that's in the news right now. And though all the nations of the earth unite in an attempt to move her, read the last few words with me. They will all be crushed. Now that prophecy from Zechariah is going to be confirmed by Ezekiel. Let me show you. As we draw closer to the return of Christ, Israel will continue to figure ever more prominently in world events. One Bible prophecy yet to be fulfilled has Israel at the very epicenter of world events and we find it in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 38, 39, you ought to read those two chapters when you go home tonight. In Ezekiel 38, 39, those two chapters, the Bible warns of a coming war between guess who? Read it with me. Who? Iran. Is Iran in the news? Ezekiel said there's going to be a war between Iran and Israel. It's going to take place sometime after Israel has been regathered into her land as a nation. And again, that was fulfilled in forty-eight. Now, this prophetic war has never yet taken place. I want you to really get this. There has never been the kind of war with the players involved that we're about to read about. It has never happened in history anywhere. It's yet to be fulfilled. This war that Ezekiel predicts will be unlike any other war in history. This war is going to unleash a series of irreversible events that will change the world forever. God has set aside two whole chapters in the Bible to warn mankind of this coming war. So since God took two chapters to give it to us, shouldn't we understand it? Ezekiel shows that no nation will stand with Israel when she's attacked in a way that we're going to look at in just a moment. For when this coming war does finally start, the United States will be either unwilling or unable to help Israel defend herself. We see no one in Ezekiel's prophecy coming to Israel's defense, but God. Now, even though the Bible warns the invading armies will be ultimately destroyed by God himself, it will be a devastating war for both Israel and the whole world. Bible scholars are divided as to whether this coming war is part of the prophetic battle of Armageddon or will just precede Armageddon, sort of be the fuse to ignite Armageddon in order to prepare a path for the Antichrist who will enforce a peace plan upon Israel. Will it give the Antichrist, this war, the opportunity to step into chaos and enforce a seven-year peace treaty as we understand from the book of Revelation and from Daniel? And that seven-year peace treaty will trigger the final prophetic seven-year period of time which God has set aside for Israel and the world called the apocalypse. Now, whether or not this Ezekiel war is the fuse to Armageddon or it kind of stands alone, it is yet to happen. And as you're about to see, all the players that Ezekiel identifies are in line and in place as enemies hostile to Israel right now. Let's read some of Ezekiel's prophecy. Well, I trust you're being blessed as we look at the incredible prophecies in the most amazing book in the world, the Holy Bible. Now, don't go anywhere. Our announcer has some important things to share with you, as well as information on how you can obtain a copy of today's message or of the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece. I look forward to being with you next time. And until then, may God richly bless you. Now, here's our announcer.
1: You can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross you will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111, or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again, or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Jesus, the Indisputable
0: Prophet, continued, is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Israel, God's Time Peace you can own a copy of this four CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free 877-884-3111 for more information.
1: been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station.